What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. My name is Jonners. This is episode 30. Yes, who would have thought we would have got to 30 episodes? We have. And um, I'm loving every episode, loving doing this podcast. Uh, this week we're going to be, it's a bit of a bumper episode to be honest with you, a bit of a double episode. Uh, I wasn't get, I wasn't able to get around to talk about WWE Fastlane earlier on in the week. So we'll be discussing and uh, going through the matches from last Sunday's WWE pay-per-view. That's uh, Fastlane, the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania uh, in only three weeks' time now, but it would have been four weeks um, at the date of the pay-per-view last weekend. We're also going to be talking with uh, Matt Bayliss. Uh, Matt and I went to Birmingham. Well, Matt lives just outside of Birmingham. I travelled to see Matt, spent the weekend with him, went to see Progress Wrestling Chapter 86 at the O2 Academy in Birmingham last Sunday. So we'll be talking through some of the matches there, some of the highlights. Uh, the winners, the losers, and the overall experience. So that'll be something to look forward to listening to. And then to uh, cap off this this bumper double episode, we'll have our usual NXT and NXT UK reviews towards the end of the show. So stay tuned. Uh, lots to talk about, certainly within the last seven days, both WWE, NXT, NXT UK, and some progress wrestling added in there as well. So I like to start the show every single week with a little bit of a plug for some of my social media. So you can interact with Wrestling Bajonas on the various uh, social media platforms that we uh, that we are part of. Uh, Instagram, um, just search for us at Wrestling with Jonas. You'll find us there. Uh, follow um, our our Instagram page there on Twitter. Um, you can uh, find us simply at with Jonas underscore Pod. We've got a Wrestling with Jonas Facebook group as well. Just go onto Facebook, search Wrestling with Jonas. Tap on the icon and uh, you'll be uh, kind of uh, part of the group there. All the kind of daily news updates uh, and uh, kind of interaction there from all the group members. So we're not going to talk any kind of news items because we've got a lot to get into, especially with uh, with Progress and the NXT shows to cover a little bit later on. I do want to kind of go into... WWE Fastlane. So this is the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. This is the Fastlane on the road uh, to WrestleMania 35, which takes place at the time of recording just three weeks' time. So three weeks uh, three weeks ahead, we'll all be kind of getting hyped up, getting our snacks ready, looking forward to WrestleMania uh, in just three weeks' time. Uh, but we're, we're going to be going straight into the main show, and the first match on the card was... Shane McMahon and The Miz versus The Usos. Uh, so The Miz, of course, was in his hometown of Cleveland, Ohio for uh, this match. And uh, remember that Shane and The Miz were previously the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions and they lost the bouts to The Usos um, on the uh, pay-per-view uh, in February, Elimination Chamber. That was quite a good match. This match was also very good as well. Uh, McMahon and The Miz performed the Heart Foundation's Heart Attack double team on the Usos to get a, a close near fall there. The Usos spent the first few minutes working over Shane. Um, Miz hits a dive from the top turnbuckle onto both Usos on the outside to the loud approval from the Cleveland faithful. The Usos get a close near fall uh, from a pop-up Samoan drop, but soon after The Miz was able to hit a skull-crushing finale, but the referee was checking on Shane on the outside um, after the, the double team from Jimmy and Jay, the Samo double uh, pop-up Samoan drop, um, and when, when the referee turns around, uh, he's only able to counter two from uh, The Miz's skull-crushing finale. In one of the key spots uh, from that, Shane goes up to hit Jay with a coast-to-coast, -coast, uh, with Jay being down in the corner. Um, Jimmy 
goes up into the same corner where uh, Jay um, to do a frog splash on the Miz, who's in the centre of the ring. Um, but uh, uh, Jimmy was intercepted in mid-air by Shane McMahon, who eventually did a, a top rope drop kick uh, on Jimmy. And that was uh, an awesome spot there from Shane McMahon. The end of the match comes after the Miz is encouraged to go to the top rope uh, to perform a splash. He's encouraged to go up there by his father, uh, only to be caught with a pair of raised knees on his way down from Jey Uso in the centre of the ring before rolling the Miz up for a three count and to retain their titles, their championships after 12 minutes. Uh, the Miz apologises profusely once again uh, for costing his tag team the loss. Uh, but Shane McMahon has none of it. He attacks the Miz from behind, setting up their match at WrestleMania. Shane uh, gets even more heat by shoving um, the Miz's father, George Mizanin, um, basically face plants him and shoves him back down in his seat. Um, and then, then he applies the world's greatest triangle chokehold on the Miz on the outside. So it, it was a good match. Um, and, and I found that the 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 match the, the angle at the end of the match uh, was even better, and that officially turned Shane McMahon heel on the Miz, setting up their match for WrestleMania. Then we get Asuka, the SmackDown Women's Champion, taking on Mandy Rose. So uh, Matt, Mandy in this match gets an early two count after a knee to the face of the champion. Asuka slaps on an impressive-looking octopus move onto Mandy Rose, which Rose was able to power out of. Um, Asuka escapes an attempted bed of roses to strike a wicked knee. Uh, Sonya Deville goes underneath the ring uh, to grab hold of a kendo stick, uh, clumsily managing to leave the, the ring skirt draped um, over the, the edge of the ring, which uh, manages to, to catch Mandy Rose's foot when she comes off the ropes, tripping Mandy Rose, allowing Asuka to nail a sweet spin kick before hooking the the leg of Mandy Rose for the three count. So Asuka retains a SmackDown Women's Champion after just 10 minutes. And it, was, it wasn't it was the best of matches, to be honest with you. Um, Asuka tried her best to get the best possible match out of Mandy Rose. I cannot explain why Sonya Deville was trying to get a kendo stick from under the ring. Um, it wasn't a no-DQ no match. Uh, there was no reason for her to do that. Obviously, it's storyline. Yes, I understand. Um, and uh, the same thing happened again the, the following or two nights later on SmackDown. Um, but uh, the most important thing here is that Asuka retains. She will be going to WrestleMania, hopefully, to defend her championship. Although out of all the matches that have been announced so far or that develops through this pay-per-view, it's not clear who Asuka will be defending against. So we'll kind of have a look at some of the WrestleMania matches um, at the end of this pay-per-view review. But uh, Asuka seems to be the odd woman out at the moment. Then we get uh, Kofi Kingston versus DeBar. So I need to kind of lay a little bit of a backstory here. Um, I didn't cover the pre-show, obviously, but one thing that did happen in the pre-show was Kofi Kingston was called by a, a backstage hand to go and see Vince McMahon in his office. He wanted to uh, discuss with Kofi... Um, the WWE Championship. So um, just before this match, um, Kofi goes in to see Vince McMahon with New Day members Big E and Xavier Woods. And uh, Vince McMahon says that he needs to go out there now. He's going to be part of the three-way um, and there will be a triple threat for the WWE Championship. Well, Kofi goes out there. Uh, Greg Hamilton uh, announces that tonight's match will be a handicap match with Kofi Kingston going up against both members of the bar. At the same time, that's Seamus and Cesaro. Um, and uh, yes, <laughs> there, there, there will be a three-way for the WWE Championship, um, but it won't be this match. 
Kofi, in fact, will be up against Sheamus and Cesaro in a handicap match. Um, so obviously prolonging the storyline uh, with with Kofi Mania kind of running wild throughout the, the WWE uniform first throughout the wrestling community. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to see, uh, you know, the good guy prevail here. Uh, but Seamus and Zorro do lay in a beating on Kofi for the first five minutes until Xavier and Biggie, um, uh, they do come out um, to aid to assist Kofi, but they are attacked in the aisle way by Rusev and Nakamura before the bar execute a double white noise for the easy pinfall win over Kofi Kingston. Obviously a storyline extended angle with Kofi continued to be screwed by Vince McMahon, uh, which will no doubt lead to Kofi being inserted into the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. Then we get a match um, for the Raw Tag Team Championships uh, featuring Champions The Revival uh, against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable uh, against Ricochet and Alistair Black in a triple threat for the Raw Tag Team Championships. So I have to say, first of all, Alistair Black is the, the first wrestler out and his entrance, whether I've seen it a thousand times on NXT or a few times on the main roster, it is you know, one of the best entrances out there. Um, this guy could very easily be the next Undertaker or a great opponent for the Undertaker. One thing I know for certain is that Alistair Black is, is the first Alistair Black. And I think his, his character, his gimmick, his, uh, his wrestling style is completely unique. Uh, very, very um, enticing and uh, definitely captures your imagination. Um, the commentary team mentioned that, that Black and Ricochet have beaten the bar on SmackDown and the Revival in, in, in non-total matches on, on Raw. So um, what, what do I think about the pairing of Bobby Roode and Chad Gable? I'm actually a big fan of it. I've grown to appreciate Bobby Roode and Chad Gable um, even more over the last uh, few months. Um, they were previously... Raw Tag Team Champions, of course. Um, I'm even more impressed with Chad Gable. I think that anybody that's seen him from early NXT days will know that this guy can go. He's, he's an excellent former collegiate and amateur wrestler. Um, he, just like Kurt Angle did 20-plus uh, years ago, he's, he's kind of taken to professional wrestling uh, very, very easily. Um, and, and although he's been on the main roster for a little while now, um, they've not really done too much with him. He was previously tagging uh, with uh, Jason Jordan, of course, who's been out with a neck, neck injury for uh, more than a year now. But he has been tagging with Bobby Roode. Like I say, they ha were previously Royal Tag Team Champions. I do think they make a good combo, but the star of the package, of course, is Chad Gable. And I'm just waiting for him to kind of have his turn. I'm kind of not uh, hoping uh, for a, a split between him and Bobby Roode anytime soon, but uh, like most tag teams, that will almost certainly happen somewhere down the line, which will hopefully give Chad Gable an opportunity to show what he's capable of as a talented uh, singles uh, competitor. After the first five minutes of this match, uh, Rude hits a spinebuster, and Black hits a double knees meteora on Rude. Uh, Chad Gable knocks Ricochet off the apron before executing a rolling German suplex on Black. Uh, but before the ref can start, any count Wilder comes off uh, the top rope down with a top rope frog splash on Gable, only for Ricochet to connect with a wicked shooting star press on Dash Wilder, getting a close near fall as Bobby Rude breaks up the cover. That was a, an amazing sequence of events that. Uh, you know, 30 seconds there where pretty much everybody hits um, a, a, an awesome move uh, to kind of 
counter the the other person's uh, move. It was, it was a, an awesome sequence of events. Not something you see all the time uh, in the WWE, if I'm honest with you, uh, but definitely, definitely worked on this occasion. Uh, Ricochet hits a Hurricane Rana on Scott Dawson from the top turnbuckle, sending him crashing um, onto the rest of the bunch of the wrestlers on the outside. A uh, bit of a bad landing for Dawson and Ricochet on that move, um, with Ricochet looking as if he landed quite awkwardly on the back of his neck. Uh, Ricochet launches himself over the ring post from the inside of the ring to the outside, taking out Bobby Roode. Uh, the end of the match, however, comes uh, when the Revival hit their shatter machine on Chad Gable for the pinfall victory. And after the match, Rude attacks Dawson with the glorious DDT. Black connects with his black mass finisher uh, before Ricochet hits his 360. But the Revival are still the Raw Tag Team Champions. Um, so my thoughts on the match. I thought it was one of the better matches of the night, to be honest with you. Um, I think that Ricochet and Black, although if you go back more than a few weeks ago, wouldn't have been my automatic choice for being a, a pairing in the ring. They have, of course, been uh, tagging in the NXT uh, Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic over the last couple of weeks. And we'll talk more about their semi-final match against DIY in a bit. Uh, but I think it's working and it's a great way to introduce Ricochet and, and Alistair Black into the main roster or onto the main roster without putting too much pressure on them being involved in single storylines. And I think it's a great way to introduce them to um, uh, fans of wrestling, fans of the main roster that may not necessarily watch NXT or be too familiar with their work on the indies or too familiar with the work since they've come up onto NXT. But they are getting more familiar. They're exciting wrestlers. They've been allowed to do what they do best. Um, I don't think they've had any kind of moves stripped away from them since coming up onto the main roster. So they have been given a fair license uh, to do what they usually do, to do what they're very good at. And they are winning matches. And this is a very good match. Um, but uh, I'm happy that the Revival retained on this occasion. And uh, yeah, let's hope that they get an opportunity to defend their titles at WrestleMania. Uh, but uh, being the Revival, it could just be a pre-show match. But then saying that, if Ricochet and Alistair Black are involved, that could be enough star power to bump it onto the main card. Then we get uh, another really good match, another one of my favourite matches of the night. Um, Samoa Joe defended his United States Championship against uh, Andrade, um, against Rey Mysterio and against R-Truth in a four-way match. So this match was not originally scheduled um, as uh, Ray and Andrade were meant to be on the pre-show um, in a one-on-one -on -one match. So there wasn't meant to be uh, a title defence from Samoa Joe, there wasn't meant to be um, uh, a, a US championship match at all on this card um, but they've decided to change the, the pre-show uh, the advertised pre-show match between Andrade and Rey Mysterio um, include R-Truth and the US champion Samoa Joe in there and it's bumped its way up onto the main card as a four-way match so much awesome action in this match. Uh, Samoa Joe executing a dive through the ropes onto everyone else on the outside, which was a great way to start the match. A double Hurricane Rana from Rey Mysterio on Andrade and R-Truth. Uh, Ray hits a Hurricane Rana on Andrade uh, from the top of uh, R-Truth's shoulders, so that was a really impressive spot. Andrade attempts a three amigos on Rey Mysterio, only to be rolled up for a two count on the third suplex attempt. 
Uh, Andrade hits a beautiful corkscrew plancher onto Samoa Joe on the outside, but Ray follows it up with a hurricane runner from the top rope onto Andrade on the outside. Uh, R-Truth channels his inner John Cena with a five-knuckle shuffle on Samoa Joe for the two-count. Uh, Joe quickly disposes of R-Truth, sending him, in, sending him into the ring post and uh, to the outside. The end of the match comes when Ray nails Joe with a 619, but Joe recovers to apply a Kokina clutch on Ray Mysterio for the submission victory. Well, in fact, I don't think Ray Mysterio tapped out. I think it was a stoppage vic victory in the end for Samoa Joe, um, and he retains his US Championship. So it looks like Joe will be going to uh, his first WrestleMania. So he's been with the company for more than a couple of years ago, but he's missed out on the last two WrestleManias. That's WrestleMania 33 and 34 at New Orleans last year due to injury. There's a, a lot of rumours going around that Samoa Joe could um, have another multi-man match against Rey Mysterio or Andrade. Possibly with our truth, I don't know, but it worked well on this occasion. Why not repeat it again on the uh, on the big stage, um, WrestleMania? But uh, there's a, a lot of a lot of uh, rumor and speculation um, going out going online that John Cena could be Samoa Joe's opponent. There's been no official sign of John Cena on uh, Raw or SmackDown, uh, for that matter, uh, to indicate that this is the case. But um, it would be a good match, and it would kind of link in with their kind of... Uh, they, they both came into the business at about the same time. They started training in professional wrestling at about the same time. And, uh, yeah, it, it could be kind of a nice little bow on that bit of history there. Um, but at the moment, it's not certain whether Joe will definitely be going to WrestleMania. I hope so. He's uh, We all know that he's an excellent wrestler. He's a credible character, a very, very credible and menacing heel. Um, uh, excellent on the mic. Probably the best promo in the business, or certainly one of the best promos in the business, um, always pulls off good matches, uh, whoever he's up against. And I think if he did go up against uh, John Cena or any of the kind of mentioned wrestlers uh, that he was uh, you know, up against in this match, um, in a kind of a WrestleMania rematch for the US Championship, it will be a standout match, no doubt. Then we get a uh, Women's Tag Team Championship total defence uh, featuring the champions, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Tamina and Nia Jax. So I haven't got too much to say about this match, to be honest with you. I thought that some of uh, Bailey and Sasha's offense was good. Uh, the end of the match came when Bailey um, was getting the, the pinfall victory over Nia Jax uh, with a, a victory roll to retain their championships. Um, after the match, Nia and Tamina Lane are beating on Sasha and Bailey on the outside, which led to Beth Phoenix getting involved to stop the heels attacking the champs. Uh, Nia crushes Beth Phoenix with a big leg drop in the ring before Natalia comes to her aid to help her long-time close personal friend. Um, and we're possibly looking at Beth Phoenix coming out of retirement, teaming up with Natalia, possibly being involved in a three-way match to go up against Nia Jax and Tamina. Um, and and uh, obviously the women's tag team champions Bailey and Sasha Banks that would be quite a, a good three-way match for the championship um, and uh, Beth Phoenix looked great she was on commentary for the women's tag team championship match at Fastlane here um, and that, that could be a good way to introduce uh, a bit of a, a legend and a hall of famer of course into this match then we get the the the, the kind of 
uh, semi-main event, you could say, for the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. And as Vince McMahon rightly mentioned earlier on in the evening, the WWE Championship was going to be a triple threat match. It wasn't going to be involving Kofi Kingston, I'm afraid. Um, but instead, uh, Mustafa Ali makes his return and he makes his entrance. He was heavily involved in, in the mix. He was unfortunately uh, um, eliminated from the Elimination Chamber match last month uh, due to uh, concussion um, and uh, replaced by Kofi Kingston, which kind of kick-started Kofi Mania, I suppose you could say. But Mustafa Ali uh, regaining or his, his kind of spot on the card, you could say. But unfortunately, just like when Rey Mysterio got that number 30 spot in the Rumble in 2014 when everybody hoped and wished it would be Daniel Bryan, this occasion everybody was kind of hoping and praying that Kofi Kingston would be taking that third place spot instead it was Mustafa Ali who was a, um, a a natural baby face but he did get booed because it wasn't Kofi Kingston not Mustafa Ali's fault uh, but w w just to kind of recap once again Greg Hamilton announces that the WWE Championship will be a triple threat match um, uh, but, but like I say it's Kofi Kingston um, that the, the, the big chance are for but it's Mustafa Ali who makes his return and he's the uh, the man to complete this this triple threat lineup so Owens hits a tremendous cannonball from the ring apron onto Ali on the ringside area uh, before dropping another cannonball onto Brian against the ringside barricade. In a stunning spot, Daniel Bryan drop kicks Mustafa Ali from the top turnbuckle to the outside, sending Ali hard into the barrier uh, of the barricade on the outside. Owens hits a double cannibal on both Daniel Bryan and Ali before dropping Mustafa Ali onto Daniel Bryan with a crushing senton. Mustafa Ali nails Kevin Owens with an inverted Hurricane Rana before executing a Spanish fly on Daniel Bryan. Ali misses his 0-5-4, allowing Owens to hit a Stone Cold Stunner, uh, but the count is broken up by Bryan before the ref can count to three. Owens gets another close near fall after a pop-up powerbomb onto Daniel Bryan. Ali hits his 054 onto Daniel Bryan uh, on the ring apron, but only manages to get a two count. Eric Rowan then gets involved, uh, only to suffer a couple of super kicks for his troubles. Uh, Mustafa Ali then executes a Hurricane Rana, sending Rowan into the ring post before Kevin Owen nails Rowan with a somersault sent on. There's a tornado DDT from Mustafa Ali here onto Daniel Bryan on the outside before Kevin Owens drops Ali with a pop-up powerbomb um, once again uh, onto the ring apron. The end of the match comes when Daniel Bryan catches Ali in midair with a running knee for a three count, for the three count. That was another really fun match with plenty of great spots from all three wrestlers. Rowan gets involved again after the match, um, attacking Mustafa Ali. Um, this was a really fun match. I uh, really enjoyed it. I think uh, one of my uh, most favourite matches from this pay-per-view, um, along with the, the, the four-way match that we've just seen. Uh, definitely up there as being uh, one of the better matches of the night, possibly the best match of the night. And uh, Daniel Bryan retains his WWE Championship. He's obviously going to be going to WrestleMania. I think uh, Kofi Kingston uh, or Kofi Mania is going to prevail and uh, he probably will end up being Daniel Bryan's opponent. But uh, for those of you that watched Smackdown on Tuesday, you'll, you'll know that um, this coming Tuesday, Kofi Kingston has a bit of a, a gauntlet match where he has to take on both members of the bar. I believe it's uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Rowan. Uh, and, and, and somebody else that I can't, can't remember off the top of my head, but he's got to go through, I think, five opponents. And if he manages to outlast and, and kind of 
be the final man standing um, at the end of that gauntlet match, then he will book his place to WrestleMania to face Daniel Bryan for the championship. But it's going to be a slog to get there. Then we get to Charlotte versus Becky Lynch. So this is the match where if Becky Lynch beats Charlotte, she will book her place to face Ronda Rousey and Charlotte in a three-way for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania in three weeks' time. So Becky comes down to the ring with her with a crutch uh, to kind of aid her getting down to the ring. Um, this this storyline has been quite convoluted, where Becky kind of. Uh, earned her place by winning the Royal Rumble, then she was suspended, then she was reinstated, then suspended again. Uh, She's had to jump through hoops just to kind of get anywhere near the championship match at WrestleMania. Uh, Then Ronda kind of uh, laid her title down in the ring in front of Stephanie McMahon. The title was taken away from her the very next week. Um, It was declared that Charlotte and Becky, the match at Fastlane, would be for the championship. Then Ronda said, uh, I didn't mean to vacate my championship. I want my belt back. So she's the champion again without actually losing it, of course. So this is kind of not a number one contenders match. This is to see if Becky can insert herself back into the championship match at WrestleMania. Uh, so there's a, a half crab from Charlotte onto Becky's injured leg. And remember that sh- she's still selling this leg injury from however many weeks ago. Uh, the story of the match was Charlotte working over Becky's injured leg, of course, which got no crowd heat at all. Uh, the, the crowd were really quiet for this, despite um, you know the, the huge swell of fan support for Becky Lynch over the last few months months Becky does manage to get her disarmor onto Charlotte until Charlotte is able to apply her figure eight uh, just then Ronda Rousey does come out runs into the ring to attack Becky causing a disqualification win for Becky Lynch meaning that she will go on um, to uh, face Becky and Ronda in the triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania we, we knew that this was the likely outcome um, all along uh, for many weeks now however um, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on the way they got here but the most important thing is they got us here um, and uh, I think that between now and Wrestlemania that's kind of the key thing where they can ramp up the storyline back to the the kind of energy and the, the excitement that we had uh, not too long ago but it has kind of dropped off a little bit um, and uh, I still hope that the interest is there for this match to be the main event at WrestleMania in three weeks' time. I seriously hope so. Right, we get to Elias out. This is his third time in the ring to uh, give it to the crowd, to play a little tune. Uh, We get a random appearance from Lacey Evans uh, before we see uh, uh, an RKO from out of nowhere from Randy Orton on poor old Elias. Uh, just then, we see AJ Styles connect uh, Randy Orton with a phenomenal forearm. Um, uh, once again, from out of nowhere, a really good sequence here. Uh, but setting up their match even further, or setting up their rivalry, which will set up their match between uh, AJ Styles and Randy Orton for WrestleMania. And uh, I'm really enjoying this feud. I think the match could be quite good, although I've never been a huge fan of Randy Orton. Uh, but I think the two of them together, I think... Randy Orton is in his wheelhouse here. He's the perfect heel. Um, and I think that AJ Styles is the perfect babyface to go up against Randy Orton. I think the two of them will pull off an amazing match at WrestleMania. Then we get the main event of Fastlane. The Shield versus Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. 
So Roman, Seth and Dean come out to the original S.H.I.E.L.D. music and appear from out of the crowd. Uh, this was billed as the final S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion before Dean Ambrose is meant to be leaving the company directly after WrestleMania. In the early going of this match, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre go to work on Seth Rollins as the fans chant for Roman Reigns until Rollins is able to tag out to Ambrose. Uh, Dean goes to the top turnbuckle, diving off with a huge elbow onto McIntyre on the outside. Things start to break down on the outside with Lashley and Corbin launching Rollins into the barrier at ringside. McIntyre drops Ambrose with a Claymore kick, sending Ambrose into uh, to the outside again uh, before the three heels take turns in beating Dean Ambrose. Roman Reigns finally gets the hot tag uh, where he decks all three members of the heel faction. Corbin catches Reigns with a deep six for a two count. Uh, Dean launches himself off the announced table um, into Lashley and uh, McIntyre and sending those two into the timekeepers area, which was a very impressive spot. Rollins and Ambrose start to mix it up with Lashley and McIntyre on the outside uh, near the kind of pre-show desk far out into the arena. Reigns smashes Corbin with a huge seated powerbomb for a two count. Uh, Rollins turns Daredevil with a huge dive, uh, taking out both Lashley and McIntyre from uh, kind of one of the upper sections. Well, not an old upper section, I suppose it's kind of the, the next section, seated section up, meeting Lashley and McIntyre down on the ground. Corbin gets a close near fall on Roman Reigns with uh, his end of days. Uh, Rollins curb stomps Lashley into the announce desk. Uh, Reigns kneels a spear on Corbin uh, on the outside before all three members of the Shield triple powerbomb McIntyre through the announce table. That was uh, an impressive spot as always. Corbin then gets super kicked by Rollins, uh, Superman punched by Reigns and Dirty Deeds by Dean Ambrose all in the centre of the ring before the Shield execute their triple powerbomb on Corbin on the inside of the ring for the 1-2-3. That was a really fun match. And let's be honest, uh, there hasn't been many bad, ma bad matches when the Shield have been together. And tonight was no different. If Dean Ambrose does end up leaving, then this will be the last time we see all three members of the Shield for a very long time. And as the show goes off the air, we have Roman, Seth and Dean doing the Shield pose um, as the uh, show goes off the air. So I thought Fastlane was a, a really good show. Um, there's good matches on there. Gotta be honest with you, I don't think the uh, any of the women's matches were were good. I mean, I know that the Becky Charlotte match was more of an angle. To be fair, Asuka versus Mandy Rose didn't do anything for me, and the women's tag title match uh, was it was okay. I think uh, that was mostly to build up the the angle where we get uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia involved um, for a possible triple threat title match at WrestleMania. I really enjoyed the uh, the triple threat for the Raw Tag Team Championships between Ricochet and Alistair Black versus the Champions Revival and Bobby Roode and Gable uh, with Revival retaining. I thought that was an excellent match. Really enjoyed the four-way match for the US Championship uh, with Samoa Joe retaining over R-Truth, Andrade and Rey Mysterio. I'd love to see a combination of those four possibly going at it um, at WrestleMania if um, John Cena isn't included. But um, like I say, that's up in the air at the minute. Really enjoyed the match um, between Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali. I thought that really did. Uh, it started off a little bit quiet. Definitely uh, the, the fans uh, got more vocal uh, and louder as the match continued. And I thought that the Shield match versus Corbin, Lashley and McIntyre was pretty good fun also. So off the back of Fastlane, how is WrestleMania looking? Um, well, I say off the back of Fastlane, you've also got to look at Raw and Smackdown from this past Monday and Tuesday as well. 
But we know that Seth Rollins, who run the Royal Rumble in January, will be facing Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. I think uh, looking at the uh, angle between Triple H and Batista, they've got their match at WrestleMania as well. Looking at the heel turn from Shane McMahon uh, at Fastlane, um, it's a, a lock-in now that uh, him and The Miz will be going at it in New York at WrestleMania. And then Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, the triple threat, hopefully will be the main event as well for the Raw Women's, uh, Raw Women's Championship. And it looks like we've got Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. So those are some of the key matches that have been announced. Um, obviously, we're yet to find out what's happening with the Intercontinental Championship. We knew that Finn Balor lost it to, or back to Bobby Lashley this past Monday. Will Samoa Joe be defending his um, US Championship? Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Will The Undertaker wrestle? Will John Cena wrestle? Who knows? We haven't heard anything from either of those two. So at the moment, the answer has to be no. Um, but uh, very interesting to see what happens um, over the next couple of weeks to see how WrestleMania develops and how the card will look come April the 7th. Right, so we have uh, Matt Bayliss with us um, to review uh, Progress 86, which took place last Sunday uh, from the um, O2 Academy in Birmingham. And uh, welcome back to the show, Matt. It's been a few weeks since we've had you on, but uh, thank you for joining us for uh, this review of uh, Progress Chapter 86. No worries, and thanks for having me back on again, John. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. So, um, we haven't been to a wrestling show together for quite a while. Um, I, I think the last one was a 4FW show in Swindon a few years back. Um, but it was great to catch up with you last weekend in Birmingham. Birmingham, your, your hometown, you know it very well. You've been to see uh, a lot of wrestling shows over the years in Birmingham. Um, but you haven't seen a progress wrestling show before. Um, so not in person. I understand that you've seen uh, some on DVD and possibly online. Uh, what, what's, your, what's your kind of experience of progress before going to the show on Sunday then, Matt? Um, quite limited, really. It's like I've... Um... I kind of keep keep up with what's going on a little bit, but um, I, I watched quite a few of the early shows um, on DVD and online. Uh, did some reviews of them in the past, but, uh, but like I said, never, never actually uh, managed to make it to a show before. So uh, yeah, so, you know, it, was a, it was a good opportunity to sort of get together with you and, and, and go along. Definitely. And like I say, we got there, there was uh, lots of enthusiastic uh, fans. I think it was a, a sellout crowd of about seven or 800, from what I understand. Um, and as soon as we get in there, um, you, you, you meet up with uh, one of your old uh, wrestling pals. I understand that you, you're kind of fairly familiar with Eddie Dennis and you had a bit of a chat with him. So uh, uh, how do you know Eddie? Uh, we, we've seen some pictures online with you and taunting him with a sheep or something. So how do you know Eddie Dennis? It's mostly the sheep, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so I saw saw already quite a lot with with Attack and Kamikaze Pro and, yeah. and uh, a few other promotions as well. Um, you know, he's, he's someone that I've I've liked for for a long time, and and sort of like as a heel, we used to always get taunted with uh, with sheep noises and stuff. So uh, in the end, I sort of brought along an inflatable sheep. Uh, I think the first time was in a match against Zuha Nation, yeah. uh, Apollo Cruz, as people know him much better as now. Um, and at one point he got hit with the inflatable sheep and on the commentary on the DVD it was described as a sheep shot um, <laughs> great and then uh, and then it was I think it was about five years ago he had a match against um, Tommaso Ciampa yeah um, on the same card as Pete done against Trent Beretta as well so nice. he definitely wouldn't get that card in a in a working men's club in Birmingham these no. days so. <laughs> but yeah but I've, I've known Eddie for, for quite a long time and so I always followed him and you know he's, he's an, an amazing in-ring talent um 
he's great on the mic and he's really genuinely nice guy as well yeah so for those of you that follow this podcast you've probably heard me talk a lot about Eddie Dennis um, as part of the NXT UK roster uh, doing an amazing job there awesome uh, on the mic a great promo guy um, and doing some great stuff in the ring uh, but we'll kick off with the, the opening match of the night, Chapter 86, and it was um, Do Not Resuscitate versus the Anti-Fun Police. So uh, Do Not Resuscitate, we had uh, Chuck Mambo and uh, William Eva versus Chief Deputy Dunn and Los Federales Santos Jr. Um, so are you familiar with any of, the, any of these uh, wrestlers before this match, Matt? Um, only, only really uh, Damien Dunn again yeah. from sort of like the Birmingham scene and, and, and Attack over the years. Um the rest of them, I think, I think maybe I've seen Chuck Mambo once, uh, but William Eva and and Los Federales, I've never never seen sort of like live before. So yeah, um, so you know it was it was a you know it was a good start to the to the show seeing people I didn't know and and sort of like kind of you know getting back into it really. Yeah, no, it is a really good um, tag match to kick kick things off. And um, one person I was really impressed with, not just in that in this match, but throughout the evening because he kept popping up and certainly during the interval was uh, William Eva, and he plays some kind of like deranged cult leader um, and uh, a, a really interesting character, uh, great presence, got a good look. Um, and um, I'd say him and the combo, combo with uh, Chuck Mambo did really well. They, they de- actually defeated the anti-fun police in this match. So uh, unfortunately, Chief Deputy Dunn and Los Federales Santos Jr. didn't go over uh, in this match. But um, do not resuscitate winning this match. Um, fairly good tag match to kick things off. Yeah, definitely. It's a good, good show opener. It was, um, you know, there's a lot going on. It's a bit of fun uh, throughout the match as well. And yeah, bit of fun. I agree with you about William Eva as well. It's, yeah. Um, for someone I don't really don't really know much about, you know, it was a good introduction to him. You know, fantastic beard, uh, beautiful <laughs> orange suit, uh, and he really loves this day. So definitely, you know, yeah. it, was, uh, you know it definitely definitely was a good way of, uh, of getting the crowd going and, and sort of setting the tone for the night. Love to call everybody sausage as well. That was uh, quite amusing. Yeah, yeah, everyone was a silly sausage. So, uh, <laughs> Good way to good way to kickstart the show. The next match was a, a six woman tag match. Uh, you had uh, Ginny and Casey Owens and Laura Di Matteo versus uh, the trio of uh, Session Moth Martina, uh, Millie McKenzie and Nina Samuels. So some familiar names there. Certainly Ginny, uh, Millie McKenzie, Nina Samuels. We've covered on NXT UK before. Not so familiar with Casey Owens, Di Matteo or uh, Martina that Martina is making a bit of a name for herself and she she has made a name for herself over quite a few years on the indie wrestling circuit and she um, has uh, made a bit of a name for herself on the indies in the States as well um, in matches or tagging with Joey Ryan uh, from what I've seen but um, uh, what did you think of this match? I, I was very very um, intrigued by the presence of Ginny, she's got a fantastic character, uh, great entrance music a really kind of dominating uh, presence in the ring um, to, to look at, like I say she's 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 not a diva or anything like that but she's an awesome technician in the ring got a great character really good gimmick but i thought this was a good match and in the end the uh, combo of Ginny casey owens and laura di matteo went over um some really good action here great six woman tag match what were your thoughts on this one matt yeah it was, a, it was another good match again it's uh you know all the, all the sort of participants i was i was kind of aware of but not really seen a great deal mm. of any of them um so you know it, it was good and it, it just it just really shows sort of like the the strength of, of women's wrestling at the moment as well that you've got six women there putting a really good match you know yeah. none of them uh champion or anything like that. It's, it, it didn't have any 
you know tie in with with the belt or anything so they, they told a good story yeah um they you know the the crowd were really invested in it from from start to finish and uh you know it was, it was really entertaining stuff brilliant yeah and i have seen millie mckenzie wrestle on a couple of occasions before she's a i think she's really young she's in her early 20s i think um and she's really really solid in the ring uh famous for her array of suplexes and uh, did really well in this match but uh, wasn't enough uh, enough um on the day with uh, Ginny casey owens and laura di matteo going over in another really entertaining match uh the third match an- another tag match and this one um pitted um definitely some familiar names in one team uh, not so familiar in the other and that's jimmy havoc and mark haskins accompanied by his wife Vicky Haskins versus Team White Wolf. So um, A Kid and Carlos Romo. Now, I know David Anderson, who quite often guest hosts on Wrestling with Johnners, has uh, mentioned Team White Wolf before. Um, so we obviously knew a bit uh, about this team um, more than we did going into this match. Um, Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins. I know we've seen Mark Haskins wrestle before. Um, have you seen much of Jimmy Havoc in the past, Matt? Uh, a few times I've seen him. Yeah, it's. Um in sort of like varying promotions sort of like predominantly around the midlands and um and in a couple of icw shows as well yeah um uh, so you know he's someone that I'm, I'm a really big fan of i'm not really a big fan of, sort of like deathmatch wrestling um so i don't really go out my way to watch any any of that but seeing what he does you know in, in a wrestling ring is really impressive and you know he's definitely a quality wrestler he's just got a tendency to to do the more violent stuff but yeah it doesn't take anything away from his actual sort of you know, wrestling ability and you know he's, he's he's excellent at what he does, and then teaming up with with Haskins, who is probably like pound for pound one of the best wrestlers in the UK. Yeah. Um. You know it's a it's a fantastic combo, and and um. You know it was, it was a great match, really. Um. It was very different styles, but it worked really really well. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Team White Wolf demonstrated um, a, a quicker pace, more of a high-flying ability, some submissions, some groundwork there. So they seem to have kind of a really good package of, of offense there. And, and Jimmy Havoc, um, as you would imagine, just kind of, you know, uh, plenty of uh, fighting and, and some, some good wrestling there. Uh, it went to the outside on occasions as well. There was uh, one spot, I think, where they, they put uh, both members of Team White Wolf on a chair and Havoc and uh, Haskins come in to do uh, an attack on them maybe a, a double a super kick but uh, White Wolf kind of uh, got in there before they did with a couple of super kicks of their own but it was a good match uh, the combo of Haskins and Havoc went over in the end um, and uh, I think the highlight of the match for me to be perfectly honest with you was um, was uh, Vicky Haskins presence big fan of hers um, but uh, a really good match there did enjoy it uh, lovely seeing um, Vicky Haskins and uh, yeah good match uh moving on to one of my favorite matches of the night uh, and we, we spoke a bit about eddie dennis earlier on but uh, he was in a singles match against djz now originally eddie dennis wasn't scheduled to appear at birmingham uh, i think it was jody fly she was meant to be going up against djz um, but uh, eddie dennis was um, a, a more than capable substitute for jody and um I thought this was a really entertaining match. Uh, plenty of banter between the two wrestlers, um, but plenty of weird and wonderful sound effects from the uh, from the, um, the guys on the desk as well, which was uh, pretty cool. But it was it was kind of uh, some comedy here, but some really good wrestling. I've not seen DJZ wrestle before, not even on Impact. To, to be honest with you, I've not caught him on TV before. But very impressed with him. A really competent um, and exciting wrestler. And I think these two had uh, contrasting styles. Um, but um, pulled off an excellent match. And like I said, this was one of my favourite matches of the night. Uh, what did you think of this one, Matt? 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think this this and probably the um, the the Haskins and Havoc tag match was probably my my two favourite um, matches altogether. Mm. Um, but yeah, I agree. It was sort of like it was very different styles. I, I've not really seen DJZ outside of um, TNA or Impact or whatever they're going by. Yeah. At the moment, um, but yeah, but I I was quite impressed, and you know, it did have the comedy element. Eddie works the crowd really well. Yeah. You know, plays up his opponents, um, and then obviously there was the. Uh, you mentioned about the sound effects when it when Eddie <laughs> sort of got the uh, got the got the DJ to, to make the sound for him. The guy in front of us uh, sprayed pretty much about twenty people in front of him with beer. Just like laughing, just see taking the sip. So it it was uh, a, a really yeah, good was, match. Yeah, really fun. Yeah, it was it was very very good. Like a really good finish as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and they considering it would have been put together on short notice. Yeah. You know, it was it was a very strong strong matchup for both men. Yeah. Well, I went went into it. Um, you know, loving Eddie Dennis, um, but came out of it a fan of DJZ as well. Uh, so I'll be looking out for him in the future. And then we had um, a qualified match for this year's Super Strong Style 16 tournament. And it was a match between Chris Ridgway and Spike Trivet, um, or Trivet. I, I wasn't so high on this match, to be honest with you. I just felt that there was a few missed spots and it was a little bit sloppy with one or two um, kicks not quite connecting, uh, which when we, we were fairly close up, we were kind of four rows from the front. Um, you know, I, I could certainly see, you know, one or two things that were a little bit off. But um, I do like Chris Ridgway. And um, once again, Spike Trevay is part of the Do Not Resuscitate crew. Um, so he's, he's kind of part of that uh, group with Chuck Mambo and William Eva. Um, it was a good match, but like I say, I, I, I'm kind of don't go away from this show with fond memories of this match compared to everything else we saw. Uh, what did you think, Matt? Um, I, I quite enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, of Chris Ridgway, and, yeah. and, um, and, and I think he sort of kind of epitomizes sort of my, how I see progress. Yeah. Um, so he's really hard hits in. Um, you know, he's got a gimmick, but it's not really a a gimmick in the traditional sense. Yeah. So, um, but I I quite enjoyed it, and it was sort of good. They had a bit of interaction with uh, Do Not Resuscitate at the start as well. With, True. Um, yeah. With uh, William Eva getting booted, and then Chuck Mambo coming down and getting booted as well, and, and then yeah. obviously uh, af- after the match they returned uh, to put a bit bit of a beat down on Ridgeway as well. So, I think it ties in probably with storylines. I think we were potentially looking at it. Um, out of context maybe but, maybe. Uh, but I, I, I quite enjoyed the match yeah yeah uh, look so it didn't quite click for me but I'm glad you enjoyed it um, but it's you know important to you know have have our own opinion on these things the second to last match of the night was um, Trent Seven versus Austin Theory now I've seen both of these two individuals wrestle before um, both very very talented uh, wrestlers they both come in holding championships so originally it was um, I believe meant to have been for Trent Seven's progress atlas division championship um there was some uh conversation between the two to start off with i think there was it was a little bit of a tease austin theory might put up his um evolve championship belt for to have a title versus title match and then in the end um it turned out to be a non-title match um but uh, nonetheless um this was a very very good match and i think i mentioned to you as we were heading out of uh the o2 academy after the the wrestling that this was possibly my best my my favorite match of the night i really did enjoy this because i thought it had everything from you know in my opinion the star quality of having austin theory and trent seven in a match together um both two very credible champions 
both uh, very very excellent wrestlers um and uh, austin theory came across as the kind of cocky american heel here and uh, trent seven is the kind of the the, the british savior um but um, i really enjoyed this match trent seven went over in the end beat austin theory like i said there were no championships on the line in the end um but uh, i really enjoyed it what do you think of this one um i think this is another one we have a slightly different opinion on i think okay um I'm I'm not a huge fan of Trent Seven. Um, I like the character, but I'm not not necessarily like in, in awe of his in-ring talent. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't really know anything about Austin Theory heading into it, so I, I had sort of, you know, I, I didn't sort of like have any like pre-existing, you know, knowledge of what he was going to be like. I think the back and forth at the start of the match was, was quite interesting, and I think that's where 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 Trent Seven really shines yeah. is that, you know, he's good on the mic and he, he's um, he's got a very solid character and. Um, it was it was still it was still a good match, um, but I think perhaps I was I possibly wasn't as invested in it. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. But I, so I really enjoyed this match. It was it was good to see two big stars like this in the ring together. Um, but uh, by all accounts, Austin Theory is on his way to uh, NXT, so uh, we'll, we'll probably see a lot more of him in the future. The main event of the evening. Uh, right, I need to get this right. It was the South Pacific Power Trip, uh, comprising of. TK Cooper, uh, Niwa, and Travis Banks versus Angelico, El Fantasmo, and Jordan Devlin. So I think I got all the names right there. Um, going into it, say, I, knew, I think we all know Travis Banks and um, Jordan Devlin. I have seen El Fantasmo wrestle before, um, but uh, th- this was a really good match. It was far, fast paced, lots of action. Um, not too familiar with TK Cooper and Niwa going into it, um, but uh, a really good main event. But it was actually the South Pacific Power Trip um, that defeated uh, the, the the babyface trio of Angelico, El Fantasmo, and uh, Jordan Devlin. Um, Jordan Devlin has obviously got that uh, that name um, from being in NXT UK, so that uh, that kind of star quality there, and he certainly got the biggest pop from that match. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts on this this main event? Yeah, I really liked it. It was. Um, you know, like I say, it was it was fast paced. There was you know a load of spots in it. You know, everyone everyone kind of you know got to show what they could do. Definitely. Um, I think it was quite interesting with like Devlin and Banks because obviously in NXT UK um, the roles were reversed, where like with Devlin as as the sort as the heel chasing yeah, down. that was uh, an interesting Banks. dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's completely the opposite. So um, yeah, so it was interesting. I mean, like Jordan Devlin's fantastic performer we've, we've spoke about him yeah. um, previously and you know, it was good to see him sort of up, up close and personal yeah and then el fantasmo who i'd not seen before but obviously heard a lot about um and just seeing him basically walking the entire entire way around the ring on the top rope including sort of like jumping over kicks and and everything is like it's, it's amazing to, to to see that taking place yeah, that like I say, there were some really cool kind of high flying spots in that match that uh, I'll remember for a long time. Um, certainly from Angelico and uh, El Fantasmo, some really talented guys there. El Fantasmo, I've seen him wrestle once before, and he did exactly the same spot in the match I uh, saw him previously, where he walked around all four sides of the ring um, along the top rope. Um, but yeah, a really awesome guy. And uh, am I right in thinking that? 
El Fantasma has just joined the Bullet Club, or uh, I don't know if you've heard that, Matt, but um, I think uh, I think I'm right in saying that the Bullet Club in in, in uh, New Japan, of course. So uh, if that is the case, he's certainly going to be a great addition to that uh, to that group. Uh, if I'm wrong, then I'm sure that uh, my listeners will let me know. But I'm sure I've heard that he's just joined uh, the New Japan Bullet Club. Um, but uh, there we go. So a really good way to end the night. But I want to talk a little bit about what kicked the night off. So. It, we had, uh, let's say, Do Not Resuscitate versus the Anti-Fun Police of the kind of first official match of the night. But there was a dark match. Now, this won't be um, available on demand and you won't see it on any DVD. Um, but we did get a special appearance from a Birmingham native. Um, now, uh, there was a, another UK indie wrestler called Bino uh, that was uh, brought out first of all. Um, but do you want to tell us who the surprise wrestler or opponent to Bino was, Matt? Um, are we even allowed to say it? Um, cause I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it, did, it did not happen. Um, <laughs> well, okay, but uh, I, I seem to remember the current WWE UK champion coming out for a special appearance in his hometown. Um, and uh, yes, the bruiserweight Pete Dunne did make a special appearance. We, you know, we were told to put our cameras away and to kind of be hush hush. We don't want uh, Triple H um, finding out about this one. But uh, it, it was it was a, an amazing way to kind of kick the evening off. I don't think anybody expected Pete Dunne to be there um, and uh, he was obviously doing it as a, as a bit of a favour to progress uh, because they've been so good for, for each other over the years uh, but his former progress champion of course, current uh, UK, WWUK champion and uh, th- th- I think the main reason why I wanted to talk about this tonight was um, the, the deafening pop when he came out of the you know the the curtain came out of the curtain it was absolutely awe-inspiring it was deafening and um uh, you know it sent chills up and down your spine it was an amazing entrance um and uh, yeah i just think for that entrance alone we would have been happy to have said yep yeah, that's it <laughs> let's uh, let, let, let's go home now we've seen enough but uh, we had a whole show to go after that but uh, it, it was an amazing experience to see him there wasn't it yeah, definitely. It was, it was phenomenal. I think when, when sort of the music started to play, we kind of, I think everyone kind of looked at the person next to him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he's from, from down the road. So it was, you know, perfect, perfect opportunity for him to, to come back and, you know, and seeing him in, I know progress isn't really an, an indie as such compared to a lot of like the, the local shows, yeah. but, um, but to see Pete back in a ring in Birmingham yeah. is, uh, you know, is 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 amazing, and like I said, that, that pop is like you know that's just like a main event pop. It really it was. was. Uh, it was pre-show dark match. So um, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty special. Definitely, definitely. Listen, Matt, I'm going to uh, let you get on with things, but uh, thank you for coming on Wrestling with Johnners once again. I do appreciate it, and um, yes. Uh, an excellent way to start the evening last Sunday and a fantastic way to end it. Um, I personally felt that every single match was top notch. Um, some stronger than others, but that it was fantastic wrestling quality. I think everybody, um, you know, really, really delivered uh, that evening. And I can't wait to see another progress wrestling show uh, the next time they're uh, they're close to me. But if they come to Birmingham again, Mac, I'm definitely, um, definitely uh, going to another progress show with yourself. I can't wait to see progress again. Um, um, so, yeah, thank you for coming on the show again, Matt. Yeah, cheers, John. Thank you for having me yep. back again. Thank you. So that was our uh, review of Chapter 86, Progress Wrestling, from Sunday the 10th of March at the O2 Academy in Birmingham. And uh, thank you to Matt, Matt Bayliss, for jumping on uh, the podcast there to 
help us kind of do a, a review, a bit of a recap of the show, some of the matches, the winners and the losers, and uh, what a fantastic show it was. Like I say, I know we're not really meant to talk about it. I can't imagine Triple H just listening to this podcast. But uh, uh, th- that special appearance, that pre-show match featuring Pete Dunne, the pop that he got when he came out was phenomenal. Um, every match on that card was solid. I'm sorry if I threw a little bit of a downer there on the um, Super Strong Style 16 uh, match between Chris Ridgway and Spike Trevay. Um, it just didn't click for me, whereas all the other matches were you know, 10 out of 10. Really, really good matches. A great atmosphere. Um, it was great meeting um, other people there. I met uh, um, one or two of the podcasters. A really, really nice uh, day, all in all. Nice weekend, actually, spending the weekend in uh, in Birmingham with Matt and um, getting to meet David Anderson for the first time. So I've uh, spoken to him a few times. He's jumped on the podcast a couple of times. Um, obviously a friend of the show and a guest host of Wrestling With Johnners. And it was great to finally um, you know, put, put a, a face to a name uh, with, with David Anderson. Looking at uh, NXT... Uh, UK from the 13th of March so this episode opens with Sid Scala and Johnny Saint uh, and they announce the NXT UK debut of Kaylee Ray on this episode of NXT UK as well as huge main event match um, from the show pitting Joe and Mark the Coffee Brothers versus the WWE UK champion Pete Dunne and the ring general in a tag match main event the opening match of this week's NXT is Flash Morgan Webster, Webster versus Wolfgang. And Wolfgang came out with uh, his Gallus brethren, Joe and Mark, the Coffee Brothers. But they went back, leaving Wolfgang to go it alone uh, with Morgan Webster. So Webster comes uh, straight out of the gates with a high knee to the face of Wolfgang. However, Webster gets caught in midair from a springboard moonsault before Wolfie drops Webster with a snake eyes in the corner, then a wicked lariat turning Flash Morgan inside out. Webster makes a comeback with a hurricane runner and a springboard drop kick before nailing his opponent with a missile low pay, followed by a dive through uh, the, the, the second and third rope, um, hitting his opponent um, on the outside on both occasions. Morgan nails a third dive, uh, this time with a somersault sent on over the top rope to the outside. So he's done the, done the a low pay, uh, middle rope dive and over the top rope. Really good combination there from Flash Morgan. Morgan Webster gets a two count from a top rope sent on before dropping Wolfgang to the floor with a precise enziguri. But Wolfie is able to catch his opponent uh, on the outside before smashing Webster against the ring post not once but twice before hitting uh, his caber toss finisher for the 1-2-3 pinfall victory over Flash Morgan Webster. So this was a solid win for Wolfgang. With a spirited flurry of offence from Flash Morgan Webster, as you would expect, and I have to admit, I am digging uh, the, the Gallus heel Wolfgang here much more than I ever did when he was the babyface, and it was uh, nice to see him here with a strong victory in singles competition. There's an additional peak down from Wolfgang on Morgan Webster before Wolfie finally goes to the back. We then see a video from Cassius Ono, who we'll be seeing much more of um, in NXT UK in the coming weeks. Then we get a tag match pitting Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan versus Tyson T-Bone and Saxton Huxley. So this was a fun match between two contrasting teams with the much smaller, fast-paced uh, Williams and Jordan against the larger and more powerful T-Bone and Huxley, with Jordan taking most of the punishment from the heel duo to start off with before Williams was finally able to get the hot tag 
the pair of Williams and Amir Jordan hit a pair of stereo dives onto their opponents on opposite sides of the ring before the end of the match. Um, this match went just under six minutes before Amir Jordan pinned Saxon Huxley following his Swanton Bombay from the top turnbuckle for the pinfall victory. We see a backstage video from Eddie Dennis, who sends out a challenge to El Ligero, who Dennis says that he will be the first in a long line of victims uh, for the malevolent Eddie Dennis. We then see an in-ring promo from uh, cocky Noam Dar, who says uh, it is uh, so good to be back in NXT UK, and this time the Scottish Supernova will be here to stay. He sends out a challenge to Mark Andrews, who comes out to the ring to chase Noam Dar out of the ring. Uh, now, I believe that Andrews and Noam Dar will be a cracking match inside the ring. However, I thought Dar's in-ring promo here was a little bit awkward and cringy at times with Dar trying to be funny and clever, uh, but getting very little reaction from the fans um, as he felt it necessary to create, uh, to react, sorry, to everything the fans chanted and said. Uh, not the best promo from Dar, in my opinion here. He could really do himself a favour and listen to one or two of Eddie Dennis's promos before attempting this again. Then we get the NXT UK debut of Kaylee Ray versus Candy Floss. The last time we saw Kaylee Ray was in front of uh, uh, the NXT crowd at um, front row, of course, NXT TakeOver Blackpool, where she was standing alongside Jazzy Gabbett in January. Kaylee Ray was part of the 2017 May Young Classic, the first uh, May Young Classic, of course. And she was seen in a number of matches on NXT um, from Full Sail in 2017 as well. More recently, she's been a part of the World of Sport promotion, which appears to have lost most of its major names to WWE over the last few months. Kaylee Ray won this match against Candy Floss in very quick and decisive fashion with a gory bomb finisher. And she is definitely going to be a serious challenger to the NXT UK Women's Championship in the future especially with the, the addition of uh, Viper. Um, that was uh, part of the Coventry tapings that we'll no doubt see in the next couple of weeks. There's a backstage promo from Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, with Bate sending out a challenge to James Drake on a future episode of NXT UK. And in fact, that future episode will be next week. So that will be Tyler Bate versus James Drake, and that will definitely be a match to look forward to. Then we get the main event of this week's NXT UK, Gallus, that's Joe and Mark Coffey versus Pete Dunne and Walter. So much like Wolfgang's match um, against Flash Morgan Webster earlier, um, he, Wolfgang, uh, pronouns pal, uh, accompanies Joe and Mark Coffey to the stage, but goes to the back, allowing Joe and Mark to go it alone against the WWE champion and the ring general. So I'll, I'll never not be impressed with the entrance of Walter, the music, the lighting, the imposing figure of the massive Austrian. And uh, I, I honestly believe that his future is not just limited to NXT or NXT UK. He has everything that could work on the main roster as well. I definitely see him as being a, a really big star. Um, in the WWE in general. Then there's Pete Dunne, as discussed earlier. Uh, we were treated to a special appearance from Pete Dunne at last Sunday's Progress Show in Birmingham, and I've seen him wrestle on a, on a number of occasions in the past. The reception he got when his music hit last Sunday was awesome, and uh, that's, that's one kind of reaction that I'll never forget, that, that pop when he came out when his music started. But tonight, he's back um, in the NXT UK, uh, of which he is the champion. 
Dunn starts the match with some joint manipulation on Mark Coffey. Uh, the match uh, goes barely five minutes before Dunn and Walters' eyes lock in the middle of the ring. Uh, the match turns uh, around after Joe Coffey pulls Walter off the ring apron while Mark catches Pete Dunn in, in, in mid-air from an attempted leapfrog, uh, dropping the champion to the canvas with a German suplex to gain control of the match. Walter gets a two count after nailing Joe Coffey with a seated senton. Uh, Dunn performs an excellent moonsault to the outside onto both of his opponents. And when the action goes back inside the ring, uh, Walter executes a huge drop kick onto Mark Coffey, followed by an awesome Boston Crab, and then levels Joe Coffey with an almighty chop. In one of the more impressive spots of the match, Walter hoists up both Joe Coffey and Mark Coffey for a double German suplex for a two count on Mark. Joe Coffey drives Dunn into the barricade on the outside while Walter falls face first against the top rope, appearing to cut open his nose um, on, on that uh, particular unplanned manoeuvre. However, he doesn't let that bother him too much as he ends the match with his patented big boot powerbomb combo for the 1-2-3. This match ends after 18 minutes with the UK Championship bout lane in the centre of the ring. Dunn goes to pick up his belt only for Walter to put his big Austrian foot onto the, the strap, preventing Dunn from retrieving his title. This leads to a stare down between Dunn and Walter, with Walter picking up the championship, handing it over to the bruiserweight. And I think uh, we all know by now that Pete Dunn and Walter will go at it at NXT TakeOver New York on April the 5th, with the WWE UK Championship on the line just two nights before WrestleMania. And that will be an outstanding match. Um, Dunn has held the championship for well over 650 days now. And has been an amazing champion. Now, Walter will always certainly be the biggest threat to Dunn's title reign, and we only have less than three weeks to find out. Look at NXT from For Sale from the 13th of March. This week's NXT will be highlighted by the two semi final matches in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic with the four remaining teams being Mustache Mountain, who take on the Forgotten Sons, and the combo of Ricochet and Alistair Black, who take on the, the newly reformed DIY, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. There will also be a number one contenders match between Io Shirai and Bianca Belair to see who will take on Shayna Baszler at NXT TakeOver New York over WrestleMania weekend for her NXT Women's Championship. So the first match of the night is the first semi-final match in the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven versus the Forgotten Sons, Blake and Cutler. So Tyler Bate starts the match uh, like a ball of energy, as you would expect from Tyler Bate, with a neat, neat shoulder barge and snap suplex on Wesley Blake. Trent Seven gets the hot tag, taking out both members of the Forgotten Sons, uh, but Seven is floored by a tackle to the left knee of uh, Trent Seven, which, which is targeted for the rest of the match by Blake and Cutler. Blake slaps on the figure four leg lock onto the injured Trent Seven to add further punishment to the former tag team champion, which he is uh, finally able to re reverse, uh, reversing the pressure. I've never quite understood how that works. Tyler Bate gets the tag from Seven, who does an amazing a double aeroplane spin on both Cutler and Blake. That must have been God, well over 400 pounds um, of, of, of man on top of his shoulder there. Uh, Bate uh, does miss an attempted shooting star press, press from the ring apron, uh, but doesn't miss an exploded suplex in a Blake onto his tag team partner Cutler on the outside, followed by another shooting star press, uh, this time connecting to his opponents on the outside. 
Back on the inside, uh, Seven and Bait hit their patented clothesline dragon suplex combo, which would usually be their finisher and would usually uh, get the pinfall victory. But as Seven goes for the pinfall, um, Jackson Riker on the outside manages to put Cutler's foot on the rope to stop the referee's count. Bait connects with a dive. Um, over the top rope onto both members of the Forgotten Sons. The end of the match comes, however, when a bait is thrown from the top turnbuckle to the outside, where he is met by a stiff clothesline from Riker. Bait is rolled back into the ring, where he is uh, nailed by their spiked inverted DDT combo from the Forgotten Sons before uh, covering and getting the pinfall victory. One, two, three on Tyler Bait. So there was a that was a decent match and a good outing from both teams with the Forgotten Sons going through to the finals there of this year's Dusty Classic with no small amount of outside interference from their leader um, Jackson Riker. We then have a backstage interview with Matt Riddle who was asked why he came out to interrupt the Velveteen Dream's appearance last week. Riddle explained his actions by saying that he just wanted a closer look at the North American Championship and to see if it came in bro size. Great line there. Riddle was then interrupted by former North American Champion Adam Cole with Riddle challenging Cole to a match inside the ring. That is definitely a mouth-watering match I can't wait to see. Shayna Baszler joins the commentary team ahead of the number one contenders match between Io Shirai and Bianca Belair to see who will face Shayna Baszler um, at TakeOver New York. Uh, this is going to be a match between one of the best wrestlers on the women's roster in Io Shirai and one of the best pure athletes on the women's roster in Bianca Belair. Uh, this is also the first time we've seen these two go up against each other and um, it has all the potential to be a fantastic match to see who goes on to face Baszler at TakeOver, of course. Belair gets an early two count from a standing moonsault in the centre of the ring. Shirai nails a 6-1-9 and a well-balanced slingshot dropkick. Uh, Belair whips Shirai, uh, who is hung in the corner with her braids. Um, Shirai executes a Frankensteiner, taking Belair from the top rope to the canvas below. Shirai uh, attempts a moonsault, but uh, only for Belair to bring up her knees just in the nick of time. There, uh, this was the cue, however, for the champ to leave her seat at the announced booth and uh, to attack both competitors in the ring, causing the referee to end the match. Just then, Kyrie Sane runs down to the ring to aid uh, to the aid of Belair and Shirai. Uh, this segment ends with Baser slapping on the Carafuda clutch on all three of the babyface competitors, with Belair, Shirai, and Sane all passed out in the centre of the ring as the champion looks on confidently with her championship belt placed firmly over her shoulder. So who will Baszler's opponent be at uh, TakeOver New York? It is later announced in a backstage segment that she will have to defend her NXT Women's Championship against all three of her previous, the previously mentioned competitors. And it will be a four-way match between Shayna Baszler going up against Bianca Belair, Io Shirai and Kairi Sane at TakeOver New York. Um, and that will be just two days before WrestleMania, the 5th of April. Following that very memorable match between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic two weeks ago on NXT, it looks like we'll be seeing these two go at it again next week on NXT. And of course, uh, that match will be covered on next week's episode of Wrestling With Jonas. Then we get the main event in the second semi-final of the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic, pitting Alistair Black and Ricochet versus the newly reformed DIY Black and Ricochet come out to the ring first, followed closely by the newly reformed DIY Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, coming out to their old DIY theme and with their old DIY t-shirts and to the loud ovation and approval from the NXT faithful. 
Uh, remember that the winner of the second semi-final will be going up against the Forgotten Sons in next week's final of the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic, where the winner of that uh, tournament final will then go on to face the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team Championships um, at NXT New York, TakeOver New York. There's a blistering exchange between Ricochet and Gargano in the early going with plenty of quick transitions and athleticism being shown by both men there. DIY makes some quick tags to take control of the match, dominating Ricochet in their corner. Uh, Ricochet does manage to make the tag after cleverly executing a neck breaker DDT combo on both Gargano and Champa. I love uh, that move. I've seen it a few times before. Never fails to impress. Gargano gets caught with a wicked knee from Black from an attempted uh, slingshot spear. Um, Black follows this up with a brain buster. And in one of the highlights of the match, all four wrestlers make their way to the outside where Champa manages to nail Black with an awesome Tower of London spot onto the ring apron. That was impressive and got a great response from the fans and, of course, Nigel McGuinness, whose move that was. Gargano gets a close near fall following a slingshot DDT, which is closely followed by Gargano's uh, his Gargano escape on Black, while Champa executes a bridging Fujiwara armbar on Ricochet, which Ric- Ricochet was able to break out of by powering and lifting Champa up and dropping him onto Gargano to break his hold on Alistair Black. Although it appears as though Champa landed heavily um, on the left knee of Johnny Gargano um, on on that kind of exchange to break up that submission hold, uh, which could possibly affect the rest of the match as Johnny Gargano rolls to the outside. The end of the match comes with Black reversing Champa's fairy tale ending to connect with his formidable Black Mass spin kick. Uh, Ricochet follows up with a 6.30 from the top turnbuckle hooking the leg of the NXT champion and uh, getting the pin for victory. Black and Ricochet goes through to the final of the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic to go up against the Forgotten Sons next week on NXT and this match went 15 minutes and it was wall-to-wall action. Uh, Truly fantastic. You need to watch this match if you haven't done so already. Johnny Gargano's wife, Candice LeRae, comes down to check on Johnny but as Tommaso and Candice help Gargano up the ramp, Tommaso Ciampa goes to throw Johnny Gargano into the video wall, which is something he's done in the past, including when they first broke up as a tag team nearly two years ago at the very beginning of this storyline. Uh, but this time Gargano was wise and stopped in his tracks, looked and smiles at Ciampa before throwing Ciampa into the video wall himself, uh, giving him a super kick for his troubles afterwards. Johnny Gargano shakes his leg as if to suggest that it was fine all along and uh, taking Ciampa along for the ride whereas up until now it's been Tommaso as the puppet master uh, as the show goes off the air with a smiling Johnny Gargano and the fans chanting Johnny Wrestling setting up perfectly their match at NXT TakeOver New York uh, for the NXT Championship on April the 5th or that was the plan at the end of these tapings as we know and as we reported um, for the last couple of weeks Tommaso Ciampa has had to have emergency neck surgery which has ruled him out of action for possibly up to or over a year Um, and at uh, this week's latest set of tapings they have done a storyline which explains Tommaso's uh, injury having to vacate the championship and uh, there will be um, a, a match and a born contenders match which will be taking place over the next couple of weeks on NXT TV 
to uh, kind of crown the new number one contender to go up against Johnny Gargano at uh, TakeOver New York. So Gargano is, is kind of in the championship match, but there will be uh, a number one contenders match, a multi-man match to see who will face Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. And uh, the, taking, the the tapings were done at Full Sail this past Wednesday, and it does kind of tie up all the loose ends. Um, the, the, the card for TakeOver at the moment, as it stands, we... Um, have Shayna Baszler um, defending her NXT Women's Championship against Bianca Belair, Kyrie Sane, Io Shirai in that four-way match, which I think will be phenomenal. We, of course, have the War Raiders, who will be defending their NXT Tag Team Championships against the winner of the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic Tournament Final, which will take place next week on NXT, pitting Ricochet and Alistair Black versus the Forgotten Sons. The Velveteen Dream will almost certainly be defending his North American Championship um, against somebody. Um, I know who that person is. Um, I think we'll probably know uh, a lot more come next week's rundown of NXT. And uh, another spoiler, but I did announce it last week. We will be getting Pete Dunne um, defending his WWE UK Championship against the Ring General Walter at TakeOver New York. And then, of course, we've got the NXT Championship match, as I've just mentioned. Um, Johnny Gargano um, is in that match because he was going to be in that match anyway, and he will be facing... Uh, the winner of a multi-man match which will be on NXT TV very soon. I know next week we're going to be getting the rematch between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic as I mentioned earlier on. I think that will go to another no contest just the same as their first match from a couple of weeks ago and I'd love to see Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic um, in that would be a great way to kick off TakeOver New York um, in, in, in a pre-show match I don't mind it being on a pre-show match um, but that would be a really great way to get everybody ready for the TakeOver uh, main card there we go well um, the bumper edition we spoke about WWE Fastlane from last Sunday we uh, spoke to Matt Bayless and uh, the two of us gave a little bit of a rundown of Progress Wrestling Chapter 86 from Birmingham also from last Sunday we spoke about uh, this week's editions of NXT UK and NXT lots of great action uh, from those two shows especially the the two main events Pete Dunne and Walter versus the Coffee Brothers and the semi-final match of the Dusty Classic DIY versus Ricochet and Black things are really ramping up for Wrestlemania things are really ramping up for TakeOver New York it's going to be a fun weekend uh, I really can't wait lots of action I'm just disappointed I'm not going to be there like I was last year but uh, I will be catching all the action and reviewing all the action on Wrestling With Jonas so that's uh, the end of this episode I hope that you've enjoyed this episode um, if you did please don't forget to hit that subscribe button shout about Wrestling With Jonas shout about the podcast like i will say tell your friends tell your family keep listening to wrestling with Jonas, um and, and kind of really you know shout about it if you, if you enjoyed this episode stay tuned for wrestling with Jonas for your weekly dose of uh, my nxt nxt uk reviews the occasional wwe pay-per-view uh, review the occasional progress wrestling review and updates in there as well you can listen to the podcast of course um, on all major podcast platforms including apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast podbean podcast addict anchor youtube uh, we are everywhere so wherever you find your podcasts 
if you want to get in touch with the show you can do you can email uh, wrestlingwithjohnners at gmail.com if you have any questions or any feedback about the show you can get in touch via our twitter page at withjohnners underscore pod you can get in touch with uh, us via instagram at wrestling with Johnners, or you can visit our youtube page just simply search wrestling with Johnners, and you've got all the podcasts up there all 30 episodes now um, including my four videos from new orleans from last year you can join our facebook group as well uh, just go onto facebook search for wrestling with Johnners, tap on the icon and uh, you'll be approved to be part of the group joining on all the fun and uh, news and updates on that uh, on that page as part of that group so we'll be back later on this week for another episode of wrestling with Johnners covering nxt and nxt uk and like i say as we get ever closer to wrestlemania and uh, take over new york there'll be a lot more matches to talk about and uh, a lot more news to announce in the meantime have yourself a great weekend have yourself a great week uh, take care and speak to you all soon <laughs> 